Hello. Hello. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode. Is sure. That, is that what I call these things? You do now. Uh, Zen Parenting Radio. Uh, this is episode number 202, I think. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 7, 9, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember our motto, sweetie. Remember what it is? Uh-huh. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. We stole that from somebody. Whoever we stole that from, thank you. Daniel Siegel. Thanks, Daniel Siegel. Um, and uh, our marketing strategy, sweetie, what is it now? Um, universal principles. Yeah. I call that we don't have one. Uh-huh. We just kind of let people talk about us to their friends. Um. We practice self-awareness allowing. and allowing. Yes. But what you put out there is what comes back Karma. to you. Yes. Like JC said to you. Yes. We um, had a good talk about that the other day. At Panera. Yes. Do you want me to tell that story? Maybe within the context of the show. But first, I know you wanted to um, talk about some promotional stuff. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about three things. Number one, that I have a book out right now. What's called it called? Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. And it's finally, I feel like a big deep breath now because it came out and then there was an issue with the cover and it had to be re-uploaded because it didn't really look that good. And now it looks good. And so now I feel like, whew, it's there. Even though I'm cracking up because I went on Amazon today and it says only two copies left. Order quick. Supply and, and demand, sweetie. It's the funny thing is, is it's print on demand. So I don't Maybe know. Maybe they print off about. ten at a time. Maybe, but it's there's plenty there. So just go there and order. And then um then the other thing I wanted to talk about was the retreat. Right. Because we have this virtual retreat coming up. It's called the self aware. Um, holiday virtual retreat. And I would say that, you know, we've done this, I think, three or four years, and the holiday retreat is the most popular. I think that this time of the year you can feel very anxious about what's to come, not only in 2015, but just the, you know, just the whole holiday season. There's so many pressing details. So we created this retreat that starts December 1st. It goes through December 12th. It's a very low-key, easygoing a comfortable retreat. Nothing to schedule, nowhere to be. Just uh, have a computer close by. Have a computer. We send you emails. We send you Zen Parenting radio shows. There'll be videos. It's just kind of like, uh, imagine it being like a support system for you. We've already got lots of people signed up and they are wonderful people. Many of them I know, many of them I don't. Um, When I say no, they're people who have done them before. They're not necessarily local. And it's already such a great group. And I if you really want some support this holiday season, meaning you really want to kind of stay calm and enjoy and appreciate the season, I would sign up. Um, and participants, if they sign up, they can gift it to a loved one yes, you or can a friend. Gift it to somebody for free. And if you sign up, you also get a book sent to you. And don't so, forget about Todd's man piece. Don't forget. How can anyone forget about your man piece? So for those of you who didn't listen to last week's show, um, a lot of ladies do these retreats. Yeah. And I am going to promise that I'm going to have something, if you're a man and you're in it, uh, something specific to the masculine or to the male yeah. part of our existence. Yeah. And so that's a good way to say it, that the men may be able to relate more or he's going to address the men. But the truth is, is that we all have masculine components and we could all probably benefit from your man piece. That's right. 
<laughs> That's P-E-A-C-E, Todd. That's right, sweetie. So it's 90 bucks for the retreat, and you get a book sent to you that we do. Uh, we do. Yeah, one of my books. And then what was my third thing that I was going to share? <clears throat> I don't know. I was going to talk about the... Oh, I know. Nope, I remembered. I remembered. I don't need Jaws to eat me. Um, I remember... I remember that. Um, remember that was from Sex in the City. It was Sex in the City, yeah. That, it, was, uh, it was a sandwich, and Miranda would walk down the street, and the guy in the sandwich costume would just say, eat me. Eat me. So she, I think she told him to take off his sandwich costume, and she wasn't interested in him. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised you don't know exactly what happened in that Well, episode. I think Be- she just... I don't would, think she ever saw him. No, he did take the it off at the end. Uh, oh, really? Because I think that was her brave moment was to say, hey, if you're going to say eat me, at least show your face. Right. And he just said eat me. Yeah. So anywho, we did a BU uh, workshop on Friday with some fifth grade girls, which was wonderful. Um, and we, uh, as we've said on the show, BU has kind of taken on a new structure where Todd and I do retreats every month or every other month for BU for kids. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in BU and you are local in the Chicagoland area, please um, email me at kathy at alwaysbu.com or comments at zenparentingradio.com so I can put you on a list that I send out about these workshops because they fill up fast. So I'm not putting – they rarely make it to the newsletter and I'm not even putting it on social networking. So if you really want to be involved, send me your daughter's name or son's. Yeah, we're working on uh, getting the boys there. Just if you have any, uh, if you have any interest in the BU workshops, just email me at kathy at alwaysbu.com or comments at zenparentingradio.com so you can be on our immediate list so when the next one happens, you will know. That's right. Um, all right. So, and then we're also going to talk about your blog. Are we still going to do that? That's up to you. You, I'm. You kind of had some ideas, and I'm rolling with. So you. let's save your blog to yeah, the let's end and oh, see what happens. Yeah, let's Just see what happens because I think that could take the whole show. You know, I did have a blog on the Huffington Post. We didn't talk you about did. that on the show. Tell us Ouch, about that. My leg is stuck. Are you okay? Yeah, my. You need me to come over there? No, I have some new boots that I love, but they're. How much big. those boots cost? They're a lot. It's probably one of my biggest shoe purchases, but I'll tell you something. It's 10 degrees in Chicago today, and they are so warm that I, since the moment I bought them, I've had no regrets. I Don't your feet get sweaty, though? No. That's the thing is I'm so cold all the time, and I, if I'm going to wear a pair of shoes every day or a pair of boots, they might as well work because the ones I bought two years ago that I've been wearing for two years stink. Mm-hmm. You mean Those like they stink because your feet stink? No. they Not feet stink. They stink because they're supposed to stay up, and they don't. Uh-huh. And, there one is too big. I ended up ordering them because I do I I wanted to get them cheaper, but I also know that my husband appreciates when I do that kind of look for the cheaper price thing. I know, I know you love it. So so I ordered them and I got one that was the right size and the right foot was the wrong size. I've been wearing those two years. <laughs> so I got myself a nice pair of boots. And, and when you use a coupon, what do I do? You get excited about I do, it. I do. I know. And I I am appreciative. There's a reason they call me Thrifty McSaves a lot. I know. And I appreciate. Thanks for noticing me. Sorry. I appreciate your supportive. I support, How do I want to say this? I, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you watch financial choices closely because it's helpful to our, to our family. But sometimes... I just have to buy a pair of boots. Hey, hey, hey. who wants 
boots to have some fun. You had some fun buying boots, didn't you, sweetie? Well, it took me literally two seconds. I walked into Nordstrom and said, I love these boots, tried them on, and no, then I went to lunch. Yeah, you you actually did a trick that I like to do. I do. Which is not buy impulsively. Right. I put them on. I said, her name was Brittany. I said, Brittany, these boots are ridiculous. Was her last name Spears? It wasn't. But I said, they're so comfortable. And she said, okay, are you going to take them? And I said, no, I'm going to take myself to lunch, and I'm going to talk to myself. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm going to – I will see if I'll come back. So but the funny thing was is when I came back, Brittany was at the desk and there was another woman at the desk. And I said, Brittany, I'm back. I talked to myself and I'm going to get them. And the other woman started dying laughing and she said, you talked to yourself? And I said, yeah. And it was all internal. It's not like I was sitting at the table talking to myself. <laughs> you got to sit with it and see if it feels right. That's right. And it felt right. And now you have hot, sweaty feet. And they feel good. So that's I was just talking. About the, I was just talking about the Huffington Post. So do you want to talk about that? No, okay. it just was there. That you're, but uh, we had there's cause for celebration. Yes, because you are a Huffington Post blogger. Yes, congratulations, Thank sweetie. Thank you very much. Job well done. Thank you. I'm surprised they can get by without you. What do you mean? I mean they missed you for this long. It's yeah. about time they caught on. It's, what does he say in Mike Yamagita? Oh, Mikey Adagita. <laughs> I, I always liked you. I, I always liked you so, so much. much. I'll try to find that. I wonder if anybody knows what that's from. I'll bet you some people do. Um, all right. So here we go. You ready? You ready, sweetie? Sweetie, you ready? Uh, yes, I'm ready. Oh, that's good. Um, so let's first talk about... Hold on. I got to fix my ears. Ah, that's better. It's so cold. Todd's wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat. Um, so JC, our oldest, mm-hmm. um, said something to you that she wants to participate in something new and different. Yeah. Well, so what happened this week is we had two really fun experiences with our kids. One of them was that my oldest daughter came home and said she might be interested in like figuring out the whole theater experience. She didn't say she wanted to try out for, um, like, as an actress. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to be, like, a part mm-hmm. in theater. She wanted to maybe do backstage or she wanted to do stage crew. And she surprised me when she said that because never has She's she... She's always been our... She either does the viola with her orchestra... Or she's or an she, athlete. Or she does sports. And so I was like, wow, that's wonderful. And I said, tell me more about that and how you came to that. And she said, well, you know, so-and-so has done this or that, and I just want to try it. And I said, that's great. And our conversation ended there on purpose mm-hmm. um, because... How would you have preferred not to have handled it? So give me a an example of the non-self-aware parent response. So I think there's two things that went through my head. Number one, that I think a lot of people would say, well, you've never done that before. And we have another daughter who does. Who does do that. So it'd be very easy to say. That's what Cameron does. That's not what you do. And that would have made her feel. Like she shouldn't be trying something new and that she somehow didn't belong in that experience. And really that's just us getting really, as Todd would say, waffly Mm -hmm. in our brain about where our children fit. That JC, you are this and this. Cameron, you are this and this. Skyler, you are this and this. And if they try and go outside of those boundaries, that we somehow are uncomfortable with it. And even if we're like, well, we're not really uncomfortable with it, our words toward them, what we say to them could make them think they don't belong in those places. And I think it's actually very fun to watch my girls do these things that I would have never predicted 
from either one of from us. Either one, like it didn't. It's not something we've ever suggested to them, or it's not something they've ever mentioned to us before. And to see them expand their own They're horizons, spreading their wings, oh, it's such a joy. And so, on that note, so this weekend was a little uh, one mile race for um, the elementary school that my daughter Cameron goes to, and and Skyler's there, but she wasn't in it, um, and. She ran, and and again, Cameron's been in running club all year. It's something that they do at her school. But when she was racing, I didn't think much of it. She just wanted to do it with her friends, whatever. Well, turns out she ended up being fifth place in the fourth grade class. We got a runner. And it was the exact same experience as I had with JC when she said she wanted to do this drama thing. Where I would have never, and it's not like, it's just cameras never showed interest in those kind of things. So to have her, and she told me afterwards, you know, I just really pushed it and I was just really fun to, you know, people were saying, go, go, go. And I was just enjoying it. And to, again, step back and watch her have that experience without labeling it. Right. Without saying, well, wait, you've never been a runner or you've never told me you liked running or as if it has anything to do with me. Right. And... I think this is an important thing to be conscious of your language when you're talking to your kids because sometimes we can not only alienate them, meaning they're they're not as likely to talk to us, but we can put some thoughts into their head where they start to question why they would be interested in something. Well, and I'll tell you another part of the story. What? And maybe you just said this, so if I did, I apologize. She um, She came in what place? Fifth. Fifth place. Yeah. And what did she say after she She said, Oh, it was so sweet. I was I was already in such a moved place that morning, but she said, Mom, did you see my victory? Right. <laughs> it's so great. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I did. So now as a dad uh-huh. and somebody who's ultra competitive and somebody who would have not handled that Oh yeah, I see where you're going. That well, I would have said, Cameron, you did great, but you didn't you didn't you weren't victorious. Oh, that would be so sad. Fourth place means you are fifth. Fifth place means that you came in fifth. You didn't. The only victor is the one who comes in first place. Right. And I don't know if I would have said that, no, but I know a lot of other people. Uh, or if I was in a in a in a place of lack, I might say that. I don't think I would have said it. But I think a lot of other people, maybe a lot of dads, said, "Well, listen, just so you know, you didn't win." Oh. And, that just makes my skin and what, crawl. And let's just say that I would have said that. What would Cameron's reaction have been? All that good feeling that she had about doing something beyond what she perceived her limits to be right. would have gone out the window and she would have started to connect. You have to be first to be worthy. Right. And she's still like beaming from that she's fifth place beaming. finish. She is. And I'm very happy for her. Notice I didn't say I'm very proud of her, sweetie. Oh, I'm so happy for her too. I do notice that. Because that is not her deal. Like she, we kind of think of her as the, JC's the most athletic in her family. Or just appreciates it right. the most. Like Cameron's not a big competitor. She doesn't enjoy competition that much. Yeah. And she kind of told the story about how she just decided to kind of go yes. for it. So here's what the important piece of this, uh, for those of you who listened to the show we did with Alfie Cohn, he's done some research um, and also he's actually researched the research about yeah. uh, competition. And what he's found is that competition doesn't really propel people to be better. And it doesn't really push kids to learn any more than 
you know, than they would otherwise. And Todd really kind of pushed back on him a little bit because Todd really loves competition and it's helped Todd thrive. Yeah. And I think the the interesting piece about competition is not to decide whether it's good or bad or right or wrong because that's too black and white. I think it's to recognize what is it doing for you because the person that Cameron was working the the thing that was pushing Cameron the most in that competition wasn't being first or being ahead of other people. It was, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Right. She was internally motivated. Yep. At least this is my perception. I'm speaking for my child, and I don't know this for sure, but this is sure the way it felt. I think felt. it came from inside. And she wasn't like, hey, I beat so-and-so, so-and-so, so She didn't even talk about any of that. It was, I surprised myself. Mm -hmm. So the competition was internal and not about being better than other people. And, you know, you always talk about, Todd, how in basketball, the competition is what drives you. Yes. And there's a way you could even shift that where it's not about, I'm going to swat Mark down to the floor. I'm going to make you know, Dr. Davis mm-hmm. lose his shot. It's, I'm going to play better than I ever have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's that's. I mean, it, put it this way: there's a role, there's sportsmanship that's involved with competition. But you, m- m- the simplest way I can describe competition and saying playing YMCA basketball is, I'm going to put the ball in the hole more times than you are. And the 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 part that I had a hard time with Alfie Cohen in that interview was that we feed off of each other's energy in the spirit of competition. That otherwise, I would not try as hard had. If we're not keeping score. And and stay right there with that because when everyone is bringing their A game, mm-hmm. it helps you bring your A game, right. right? So that is almost a paradigm shift for me that you want everyone to show up as them, their best selves because it motivates you to be your best self. But it's not about – in the end, you're not like you suck, I rule. No, but it, it, that's what drives you. But after the game is over, we shake hands and we love each other and that's it. Right. But what drives you is everyone bringing their A game, yeah. not about the scoreboard necessarily. The scoreboard is just a piece. It's an indicator. It's a pretty big indicator. Okay. Well, I, I again, I'm I'm trying to like give you yeah, a different yeah, yeah. way to look at it, but I don't, I am not motivated by competition. That does not, I love doing going beyond what i perceive my limits to be i love pushing myself in a way where i'm i feel fearless but Meaning, let, let me ask this okay your book was 88 on amazon yeah let's say it went to 55 on amazon yeah wouldn't that feel great absolutely but that well that's got nothing to do with this though because that's like a I, don't know, I feel like that's my that's your version of a scoreboard the way my version of a scoreboard for basketball, no? Well, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, it, it, yes. So the answer to your question is, wouldn't that feel great? Yes, because what that tells me is that people are finding my book helpful. But I'm not like, screw you, number 56, and number 54, Move over. watch out. The Kathy train's coming yeah, in. I, that would not even cross my mind. Mm. Um, it, it's very, and I would actually be more uncomfortable if, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't stand picking teams in gym and I couldn't stand yeah. having to make those kind of competitive decisions. Those yeah. don't sit well with me. And actually you could talk about what happened with breakfast. That kind of goes along with this. Um, so sometimes our daughters aren't that motivated to wake up and get out of bed and go eat breakfast before school. So one morning last week, I said, uh, last one, first one. They both wanted the middle seat. They both wanted the middle seat. 
I said, first one to get down there. Actually, before we talk about that, I want to talk about our first partner. Okay, go ahead. Just because we're halfway in and we haven't talked about either of our partners. So John Kelly, he's our dentist. He's doing a workshop this Thursday, November 20th, Sleep Strategies, Symptoms, and Solutions for Your Child. He's doing it either in his office or somewhere nearby. Uh, It's a comprehensive, free workshop focusing on sleep disturbances in young children. So if you're interested in that, give them a call, 773-631-6844, and his address is 5350 West Devon Avenue in Chicago, and it's chicagodentistonline.com. So last week, they both wanted the middle seat. I don't know what's so special about the middle seats. I don't either. I don't get it. There's three seats at our kitchen counter. And I ran, it's not like I had a big plan. I'm like, all right, first one to get down there gets the middle seat. Well, Cameron, our middle one. He's older. JC was already at school. Um, She got down there first. And man, Skylar was not very happy. Right. And uh, I kind of thought it was a good way to kind of jumpstart the morning. Well, I regretted it afterwards because Skylar melted down. Well, and here's the the piece that's so interesting, and this is where we get into different parenting styles and different personality because this specific instance shows itself – it shows up in who we are, meaning Todd is – motivated by competition and he enjoys competition it makes you excited doesn't it you always want to do i love competition i i I make a game out of everything everything. so todd loves competition i do not um i don't it's not that i'm totally against it i understand the the importance but i like like i said i like internal driving Mm -hmm. i like you know challenging myself i don't like being under the gun to perform for other people right and so when I heard him, I was in the bathroom getting ready, and I heard him say, first one down there gets the middle seat. And we'd never say that. We've ne- yeah, that yeah. Was a, he was just trying something new. Yeah. My, I got a pit in my stomach because if my dad said that to me, that would not be good. Mm-hmm. I would be very uncomfortable. I would be very anxious. And the truth is, especially for Skylar, she's three years younger than Cameron. So who do you think is going to get down there first? Yeah. And so – once Skyler kind of made her way down, she, like Todd said, she was a nightmare because she had lost in every sense of the word. And Cameron actually ended up moving over. Yeah, that was lovely. Because she's a little sweetheart. Mm-hmm. It was lovely. She ate first, but mm-hmm. then said, okay, I'm I'm done here. And so when I got down there, I said to Todd, and I was somewhat blunt, I said, don't make them compete for a seat. And that is my stuff, mm-hmm. meaning... I was saying to Todd, don't make them compete, not necessarily because I knew how they felt, but because I don't like it. Right. And he does. And so we had to kind of – do. would you agree with that or am I – It was a bad idea. Oh, you think it was a bad – like in the long run you think yes, it was a bad idea. Yes, of course, because oh, okay. we had se- seven-year-old melted down. Now, if, if tomorrow uh, our seven-year-old says, oh, bummer, I lost, and she gets down there quick, I'm like, wow, that was really smart of me. But – it just ended really badly. Right. But then you'd have Cameron coming down the stair. It's a, you know what it is? It's black and white. It's winner, loser. Welcome to my brain. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I kind of like what we were talking about with, with JC doing something new or Cameron doing something new. You don't judge yourself based on other people's performance. Right. You judge yourself based on what you – like one thing that I had to learn when I was a new mom, and this even happens now when I get headaches, is getting up and taking a shower and getting the kids to school is a success. Yeah, right. And when you're not feeling good, those can be some of the hugest things. And when 
when it's constantly about comparing myself to others, like I should be doing more or look at what that person does or I should attend that event, then I'm basing everything on everyone else's standards. And I think that we have to be more conscious of where we are, what's important to us. And I I, I don't believe in in um what's the word where you say stagnant mm-hmm. i believe in continuing to push yourself right. but not pushing yourself so you can be ahead of other yeah, people yeah it's always about if it's at the expense of somebody else trying to do the same thing then it's um coming from a world of lack versus a world exactly. of abundance it's the, what we talked about with the bu girls on friday the, the world is not a pie mm-hmm. there's not a certain number of pieces and you better get your piece or you're going to miss out yeah. the world is stars mm-hmm. limitless stars and and if you understand that limitlessness, you don't compare yourself to others. You challenge yourself. Right. And I think there's an old belief system, the survival of the fittest, the Darwin, you know, survival of the fittest, that we believe that there is a limited. What's the word that comes in Darwin's book more than any other word, sweetie? Um, love. Love. The survival of the fittest is mentioned once or twice, and love is in there like 88 times. Right. And we've missed the boat on what Darwin was trying to say. That's my boat. You know, there is a truth about survival of the fittest. You know, if you look at nature, you know, runts of litters are often not, yeah. you know, saved. Right. And But there's also a truth about... Well, there's a lot of cooperation, cooperation and, collaboration and collaboration in the animal kingdom. That's right. That comes from uh, Shady X movie. Yeah. I Am. Yes. The I Am documentary. Um, all right. So I want to talk about our second partner. Okay. You okay with that? Yep. Uh, Dr. Kelly, um, she's our, de- our chiropractor. Right. And um, she's on York Road, or I'm sorry, Spring Road. And <laughs> she's our dentist and she's at York Road. Uh, she has workshops all the time and Dr. Kelly's just awesome. The phone number is 630-941-8733. And she's the only, as far as we know, pediatric chiropractor in our little town of Elmhurst. Yeah. So she's good with kids. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, and she adjusts, adjusts all three of her daughters on a weekly basis. Yes. Along with me. I need to, need to get over there. You were, were you... You there with us last week? Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought. I still need to get over there. You just need to get there again. Yeah. I need to get my back adjusted. Because you sleep funky. Yeah. No more subluxations for me, sweetie. I got a lot of them. Yeah, you do. It takes me like, it takes the girls two seconds to get adjusted and takes me like 10 minutes. That's right. It's because you're an old woman. Compared to them. When you're an old woman, you shall wear purple. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, okay. I want to play the speak pipe message. We, so we have something on our website. I feel like I'm not talking to the microphone today. Okay. Uh, we have something on our website called speak pipe and you're, it gives you the ability to play a message, uh, which is pretty awesome. And I'm going to play a part of it. A message that we got from a listener. Yeah. From a listener and his name is Steve, but I'm going to fast forward because just for the sake of time. So this is from Steve, at least the last 30 seconds on what is hopefully a very long journey for you guys. Uh, and I really appreciate your show. You guys came to me when I was ready for a teacher. I was working on myself or trying to work on myself, ran into a lot of, of heavy ego and found that your show helped me motivate to be a better father. And the minute I made that transition in my mind, I was able to open up and, and really begin the work. I've been listening to you for eight months. My relationship with my two boys, uh, 11 and eight years old, is better than it ever has been. And I have you guys uh, to thank in part for that. Keep doing what you're doing. I love you both. Thank you. You're welcome, Steve. Thank you, Steve. That was wonderful. I'm so glad for for you because, as you said, you you did the work. And I'm happy for your boys because they probably 
are so happy to have that connected relationship with. So I play that for two reasons. One is it sure is nice to hear somebody yeah. say something nice about our show. That's nice. But secondly, if you have questions or a nice comment like Steve left, go to our website, zenparentingradio.com, and it says leave us a voice message, and you can just leave us a voice message. Yeah, it's really simple. Um, so that is that. I want to talk about this listener's questions. Okay. Uh, I forgot her name. More than one? Yeah, there's two different ones, but this one will be short, I think. Okay. I love your podcast, blah, 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 blah. As a parent of a 14-month-old, I'd love to hear more advice for younger children, infants, toddlers, preschools. Um, and I said, well, what do you – we had a correspondence back and forth, and she's like, well, partner communication, getting support, taking care of yourself, staying, staying engaged. So basically she's loves what we have to offer on the show, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Are you going to sneeze? No, no. I oh. just need to get my boot out again. I was stuck. Oh, um, and but she wants us to maybe direct some of our ideas towards uh, infants. Yeah, interesting. And my initial reaction was we've kind of talked about some infant type issues mm-hmm. because we how long have we been doing this show? Three years. Skyler, I think was two or Skyler, three. Yeah. So, but anyways, I think what you and I like to share is that all the principles that we have are universal. Exactly. So it'll work for your mother in law, and it'll work for your two month old. It'll work at work. It'll work at work. And it's about listening and self-care and all these other things. So um, I, I apologize to this nice lady who gave us this email. And I have one thing, though. What do you got? Is that I think something that is very true is when you have young, 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 youngins, um, there is a, a reality that you are more on than your average human being. Meaning that I think a lot of times when I, I just did a, a group a week or so ago and they mostly had young kids and there's a lot of how do I not have to, you know, tell my kids twice? How do I, you know, have the ability to put them to bed and they don't get out of bed? How do I – and even though it's a valid question and there's definitely things that can be practiced, the truth is is that's when all that's happening and that you aren't going to be able to practice as great of self-care as you will once they're in school. Right. You are going to be more tired when your child is an infant. You are going to be more tired when your two-year-old starts getting into everything and your one-year-old starts walking. There's like a reality about it. And I only say that because I now in hindsight see what I was doing and how busy I was and how I was constantly thinking it should be different. Right. And it really shouldn't have been. That's the way it is. Well, the way I saw it was when our babies, first of all, you took the lion's share of the responsibilities as far as feeding and changing and everything. But I classify those times as the dark days because everybody's sleep deprived. Especially the earlies. Oh my gosh. The first three months. So it's like just, it's it's one of the best times of my life and it's one of the worst times because it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's really impossible when really you have a new baby around. When you have a new baby, it's so difficult. And when you have a baby who's one or two, who is into everything, who can't be super rational yet. Mm-hmm. What I do believe, though, is, as Todd said, the principles remain the same. Like, even a child who's one or two still deserves kindness and respect. Yeah. It's not like yell at your children when they're one and two, but then stop at three. Right. I really do believe that they have that same internal drive toward goodness and that we are teaching them every moment of their lives, not only who we are, but who we hope that they can, you know, hold on to. Because it's interesting. I said something to Skylar this morning that was, as I I was saying it, I realized how true it was for these kind of situations. 
she it's too long of a story, but it's something about being grateful. And I was talking to her about gratitude because a lot of times Skylar's very blunt, which is a really good quality and that she speaks her mind. She's our seven-year-old. Yeah, but sometimes she doesn't have a filter about it, um, meaning – she just kind of says it and lets it just hang out there and there's not a lot of rationalization or disclaimers about it, which in a way is great, but she misses sometimes the good parts. She's only focused on I'm not getting this. Like when she got home on Friday afternoon and you did 85 things for her the last 36 yeah. hours and she said, just so you know, mom, you forgot the peppermint <laughs> patty of my lunch. Totally. She notices what's missing where- Instead of noticing what isn't missing. And what she needs to do is, or what would be helpful to her is to um, hold on to that ability to speak her truth, but also be able to find the goodness in things. Because that balance, I think, is beautiful. Um, and I was telling her today, we were talking about gratitude, and the, the way I explained it to her is I said, gratitude already lives inside of you. You don't need to go outside of yourself and find it. Right. It's not something you're lacking. Right. You just have to decide to pull from it. Like, you, it's already in there. Yeah. You already got it. It's it's all, it's a, it's a part of who you were made to be on this earth. Every person has gratitude that lives inside of them. But we got to decide to to make our choices based on that gratitude rather than make our choices based on I deserve more or are you noticing what's wrong? So it's like, it's the two wolves theory, mm -hmm. you know, and for those of you who know the two wolves, uh, you know, the Native American story is about the grandfather says to the grandson, there's two wolves that live inside of each of us. Um, and we just have to decide which one we're going to feed, which is the end of, I'm ruining the story. Right. But, you know, one is um, fear and mm -hmm. one is love yeah. or one is negativity and one is positivity. And we got to decide who we're going to feed. And what I'm trying to tell her is it's already there, but you got to decide who you're going to feed. Yeah. And um, I think that that's, you know, when we talk about talking to two-year-olds or one-year-olds or three-year-olds, we have to trust that they have those both of those things. They have the irrational side and the side that says me, 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 because that's developmentally appropriate, right. but also speak to that other wolf. Well, and, you know, this is maybe not indirect with what you're saying, but I think you and I both get annoyed when we hear parents say, oh, I'm in the middle of the terrible twos. Yes. And that doesn't mean that that mom or dad who just said that isn't in the midst of a lot of crisis or whatever, right. but I don't know. I just think that we never had the terrible twos. Now, what that means is we had plenty of moments where sure. our two-year-old was being completely irrational and, uh, you know, just really challenging. But the fact that we chose not to classify it as a terrible twos, I think, took a little bit of the bite out of that time. It what you tell a story about yes. is what you end up experiencing. Yes. And if you decide... Kind of like the wolf. What wolf are you going to feed? What wolf are you going to feed? You're dang right a two-year-old is like mine, me, no, I don't. I do it myself because they're supposed to be. Yeah. And can you figure out a way to communicate with them and listen to them and hear them rather than take it personally? And it's not always easy because yeah. there are times that it's so over the top um, and those are your ch more challenging days. But do you trust... That you, you know, so many parents, um, you know, get so worried that if their child hits or is not nice to someone, that that's who they're going to be when they're 18. And can you trust that these are moments in time? Mm -hmm. And if you deal with it in that time, not deal with it with shame and fear, but deal with it with, you know, I understand why you did this, but this isn't going to work. Well, it's so funny because this is from her email. Um, 
uh, coping when your child is learning to express himself, hitting. My 13-month-old is now exploring tantrums as a method of self-expression, which is a new challenge for my husband and myself. What would you say to this lady? Well, first of all, 13 months, so it's a year and a month, yeah. and she or he is discovering all of their emotional expression. Yeah. And as challenging as it is, it has it has very little to do with you, yeah. meaning it does have something to do with you because you have to be conscious of the energy you're bringing to that baby. Mm-hmm. Like if you're showing up overwhelmed anxious. and depleted and anxious, your baby is picking up on you. Yeah. So in that way, it does have something to do with you. But let's just assume that in, in this case, the 13-month-old is not experiencing, it's just having a, a, a meltdown, which 13-month-olds do. And it's got nothing to do with the energy that the parent brings. What I, would you say to I that? I would say support them. Yeah. When they're having a tantrum, if you get why, like they can't reach something or they want more food and they can't get it, you say, oh, I get it. You give them a hug and say, yes, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I can't tell you. I say that to my rabbit all the time. I hear you. I understand you. And they may not be completely understanding your words, but the message they're getting is I'm heard. Mm-hmm. I'm being seen rather than you shouldn't want any more food. You shouldn't be crying. You should – who, how – why are we telling people how to feel? And the thing, the thing is, this this a seven year old would do the same thing. Not, not have a, pan, a tantrum the way a thirteen month old would, but a seven year old and a fourteen year old, like they're all going to have their the same response, their yeah. version of tantrums. Exactly. And our job, what Kathy and I believe, is it's our job to um, validate their feelings, and that doesn't mean that we let them walk all over no. us, but to try to shut this emotional expression down is not healthy. I think the thing that that I say to the girls the most that makes me feel in my integrity is I understand why you said that. Mm. You were angry and you were trying to get your needs met right away, but that isn't going to work for you. Right. Meaning now, for example, I'll just make something up. Um, you know, one of the girls just goes in the other girl's room and takes something and leaves. Right. And I would go talk to the one who took something and I'd say, wait a second, what's going on here? She's upset, you're upset. And she'd say, well, she takes my stuff too. Okay. I understand why you feel the need to go in there and do the same thing to her that she did to you. But let me tell you why that's not going to work. Because then you're creating a vicious cycle where you feel bad, she feels bad. She's going to feel the need to take from you. I said, you got to figure out how to deal with that feeling without being physical about it and without being reacting to it. But I'm not telling her she shouldn't feel that way. I'm not telling her why she's bad. You know, we don't even, we haven't talked about this in ages, but the whole bad boy, bad girl stuff. It's so funny. Like we don't even talk, we don't even talk about that anymore. So what you're saying, what you're referring to is that, I mean, it sounds funny even say, but there's a lot of parents out there, maybe parents who listen to this show that say bad girl, bad boy. I don't know. That just feels like that's something you say to a dog, but I don't even know if I'd say it to a dog at this point. Well, basically what you're saying is because of this last behavior, you are all bad. Which is not true. It's and not it's true. not how you feel as a parent. So no. why would you communicate that message to them? Your behavior, that choice you made, that we mm. have to talk about. Right. But you, you rock. Yeah. Who you are, I trust in. Right. Just like, you know, when I was saying to Skyler about the gratitude thing, these behaviors are things you're saying, I'm not seeing or hearing the gratitude, but I know it lives in you. That is going to allow her to reach for Instead it. Instead of you saying, be more grateful. Or you aren't grateful. Or you're not Go grateful. Go find it. Right. Go find it where? Mm-hmm. You already have it. You just have to make the choice. Well, and I had the problem with that with JC, our 11-year-old, not too long ago about the phone. She was like complaining that she wants to get it. And I said, man, you need to work on your gratitude. Like, I don't think I handled it as well as you did with Skylar this morning because 
I may have made her feel less than. And I don't ever want to do that. It doesn't mean I don't want to guide her. And and you get to do both because here's the perfect piece because I know the situation you're talking about is her phone doesn't work all the time. It drives her crazy. It's kind of – it's not a shoddy phone. It's just a cheaper phone. That's all. It's like when you buy – like last year when I bought cheap boots and one was big and one was small and they were a pain to wear. I'm thankful for the boots. She's thankful for the phone. But it doesn't work mm. and it's annoying. And so she's saying this doesn't work and – you know, from your perspective, it's I hear you that it doesn't work, but enjoy the phone yeah. because this is the only one you're going to get for right. for right now. Right. So there's like a way to have humor about it. Um, all right. So a few other things. One is our last partner is Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Jeremy, he's uh, the owner, the bald headed beauty. <laughs> Uh, his number is 630-956-1800. If you have any work that needs to be done in Chicagoland area, please give him a call and tell him that Zen Parenting sent you. And then um, we got a review on iTunes. Somebody named Misty. I don't know if I'm supposed to say her last name. So no, I don't. Yeah. But she gave us five stars, and she says it's a stellar podcast. Oh, that's a great word. Yes, stellar. It is stellar. And you're stellar, sweetie. Thank you. So are you. Thank you. Um, and then uh, Amazon... Um, we have that search box on our webpage, zenparentingradio.com. And in the lower right-hand corner, it is an Amazon search box. So if you're doing Christmas shopping, go through your Amazon, uh, our Amazon search box. It doesn't cost anything extra to you, but Amazon sends us a small percentage of that that we can use towards BU, BU and some screenings that we want to do next year, which are going to be a little pricey. I got yeah, some information I back. I saw that. Did you, you see emailed, that? Yeah, it's crazy. But it's it's one of those things that if we believe in it, it's worth investing in. And what we're asking for is support from other people who believe in it too. And when I say believe in it, what I mean is documentaries that allow people to see themselves more clearly, practice self-awareness, and contribute to the world in a greater way. And I think sometimes movies and music can be really powerful that way. I And we agree. So and that's going to be coming up next year and we'll tell y'all more about it as cool. we get closer. So um so yeah, Amazon link and give us a review on iTunes to help us spread the word and share our show and do all that good stuff. And if you like my book, if you've gotten it and you like it, you can share an Amazon review. What's that new one that you just uh found out about that webpage, the Goodreads? Oh yeah, I'm on if for those of you who do Goodreads, it's connected. I think Amazon bought it, but it's its own little thing and it's basically where people share the books that they like and mm. give books reviews views. Um, and it's a great place to go if you're like, okay, I like this kind of book. And then you can see what everybody else is reading. So if you're a Goodreads person, my book is now up there too. So you can review it or buy it from there. But if you're not, uh, give us a review on Amazon because that probably helps out Amazon a lot too. Amazon does help. It's very similar to giving us an iTunes review. The more reviews you have, and again, I would ask that it, you know, the more positive reviews you have, um, that it drives people there. Right. Because then when they pull up parenting, those books show up or when in, on a podcast, those podcasts show up. So those are the kind of things that really help us that don't cost a thing. You know, it's just a little bit of time. Anything else, sweetie? No, I think that's good. I think we talked about a lot of different things. Oh, we got a show this Friday. Um, oh, yes. Uh, we have two ladies that created this book called Elements. Elements for Girls, and it's such a good book. And I really, if, you know, listen to it. It's a conversations with people we love that Todd will post on Friday, but it's a great interview. Yeah, we love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we closing out? We're closing out. Okay. Words of wisdom for the week, sweetie. Send the people out with something really good. Um, you're powerful. 
and don't ever forget it and don't ever let anybody tell you different because you always have a choice whether or not you believe them and I'll say just be cool man keep Keep (laughs) trucking adios